the few, the humble, the chosen. The few, the humble, chosen. Now, these terms are used to describe the characteristics of an individual. Everybody is not humble. Everybody will not be chosen. Everybody will not be part of the few. And so you need to understand that if you're going to be the few, you're going to be part of the few, then you're going to have to be humble for him to choose you. And so it's only a few. We need to understand that because everybody has made a claim uh, that they're all right. I'm all right with God. I'm, you know, um, it doesn't require what the Bible says. Yes, there are people that say that everything that's written in the Bible is not necessary. Some people say that baptism is not necessary. Baptism don't save you, even though Peter said the chief apostle um, said that baptism will now save us. Um, and then there are others that say you don't need the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit. Uh, but the Bible said that, that he told them to go back to Jerusalem and wait until they are filled, until they receive the promise uh, that, that uh, gives them the, that empowers them to be witnesses. The Holy Ghost is to empower you to be witnesses, also the seal of a sanctified life. And without that seal, you will not be saved. Uh, go back to the book of uh, Ezekiel, and you'll see that everybody that was destroyed uh, during that time did not have a seal. The Lord told the angel to go and seal them and gave instructions that all of those that you see the seal on, don't touch them. Well, that hasn't changed. And so you want to be sealed. And so a, seal, a sanctified life is those that have the Holy Ghost and are living uh, a living life. Holiness is a lifestyle. It is not a, a declaration. It is a lifestyle. And so if you have not received the Holy Ghost, let me tell you something. They were in the upper room crying out to God. Uh, I don't know what they were saying, but the Bible said that all of a sudden, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and filled the house where they were all sitting. And they began to speak in other tongues as the spirit of God gave utterance, uh, which means there was nobody laying hands on them. There was nobody telling them what to say or what to do. None of that kind of stuff. It happened because they obeyed the word of God. Are you obeying the word of God? A few. Two or three are a few. We consider two or three a few. And God considered them to be significant. According to men, standards and what they have to say, two and three are not significant. You know, not unless you talk about two or three hundred, two or three thousand, two or three million, you know, uh, then they'll consider that as being significant. But if it's just two or three, uh, you and I are, are us and them, then some will say that's not significant. But that's not what God said. Matter of fact, God, almost, God was going to kill a man for touching the very one thing, the, the one thing that he discounted as being significant to someone else. He was going to kill the man. And so, but God had mercy on him and he became the king of, of Israel. So I gave you a big hint there, but listen, 
uh, two or three, um, maybe a few to uh, to some, but it is uh, it means something to God. The Bible tells us in Matthew 18, 19 through 20, it says, again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my father, which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst. A husband, wife, that's a couple. That's two. Maybe it's a husband, wife, and children. That could be more than two. It could be three. It could be uh, more. And if you if you grew up in a large family, certainly you know what I'm talking about. Uh, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst. God embodies. The Bible tells us that he, he gets into the praises of his people. And so they could be just two. Uh, let me give you an example of two people. Uh, the Bible said that Paul and Silas were, were in jail. And I, I like singing that song. Paul and Silas locked in jail. Feed in stocks in a two-man cell. Paul said a prayer. Silas sang a hymn. Somebody said, what's the matter with them? They have been beaten, falsely accused, casting out demons for preaching goodness. They were in jail, the two of them. One of them started singing a song unto the Lord. The other prayed, and all of a sudden, there was a shaking, the shackles and everything that had them bound was loosed, just the two of them, not, not a house full uh, of saints, not a house full, full of prayer warriors, not a house full of, uh, of ministers, but just two of them seeking God in a situation that we consider terrible, uncomfortable, you know, words don't even describe because we weren't there, but we know it was not good. And the two of them were set free. Oh my God, if we could just stop and get out of the foolishness of men and think about what God is saying, where there's only a few, two or three, are gathered together in my name, I'm in the midst of them. People may not consider the few because of ignorance, the lack of understanding. That's what ignorance is. There's a lack of understanding. They just don't get it. Uh, but you ought to take the time to understand what God is saying and see it the way that God is seeing it. Some are thinking of sensationalism. I, I want fame. Even our children, when he got our children messed up, where they, they seek fame uh, more than anything else. That they want to be our children for a while there. There was kids that was that was injuring themselves because they didn't have as many clicks and hits and uh, friends on social media. And so they were falling apart and losing because they did not understand that because you got a click, because you got somebody that, that has said that they your friend, that those people don't even know you, never met you, never seen you, but you got a click. And so it sensationalizes and, and creates some type of euphoria in their mind, which is, has been damaging until they grew out of it, until someone, some of them even went to uh, child therapy to see someone a shrink. Well, I shouldn't call them a shrink, 
but to get some mental care. Prayer does wonders. And so if you just raise up, the Bible said, train up a child in the way they should go. If you just train them up correctly, is that is that right? You just train them up correctly. I got a little help there. We Then, then it'll be all right. And so some think of it as being sensationalism, uh, a few, you know, and, and so, but it that means very little at the end of the day. You could be as famous as you want to be or have as much money as you want to have. And none of that goes with you when you stand before God, even the fame. Others can say that you are a great man, but if God don't say you great, uh, they, 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 the Bible said that there was a man that, that he did well and he, he had enough. Uh, he was, and he probably had some good connections, probably was a good uh, person that knew how to network and everything. And he built many barns and he was going to build another barn to, to store up more of what he had prospered and received. And that night God called him and said, thou fool, you fool, your soul is required of you. you in other words, you've made all this provision for everything else, but you did not make any provision for your soul. And so uh, uh, that pattern uh, has been tainted to think that a few means very little. Others know where there are two or three gathered in the name of the Lord, God said, I'll be there. I I'm, I'm all in. And so how about you this morning? Are you all in? The purpose of gathering may be, may have been a Tupperware party. If you've ever been to a Tupperware party, you know, they used to, they used to have that back in the day. Do they still have Tupperware parties today? No, don't hear nothing about that. I, I see head shaking. <laughs> they, they call them something else now. <laughs> okay, they, they don't call them Tupperware party. They have other, maybe it's a makeup party. I don't know, but when a few get together, maybe it was a movie night. Maybe they was going to watch uh, the, 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 the beekeeper or something, or, you know, uh, it was night where they was going to have some tissue. And all of a sudden, in the midst of the gathering together, somebody, some way, somehow, something came up about the Lord. And next thing you knew, God was there in the midst, and it went from from watching a good movie and into a good time with God and everybody left blessed, more blessed than what they would have if it was just a movie by itself. You just don't know. It doesn't take a lot, but just a little, just a few. God considers the few. He considers the few. Gentlemen could be at a, a, a domino game and all of a sudden, uh, that domino game that has ended and someone said, well, before we go, let's, let's have a little word of prayer. And next thing you knew, everybody left blessed because it was just not the domino game, but the Lord visited where there was, where the brothers had gathered together, hand holding and minds lifted up and, and praying for one another and praying for families and friends. And it changed. It became about God. It became about repentance. It became about conviction, which ushered in the goodness of God. Maybe only a few came to service, but they gathered together in his name and suddenly something happened. Suddenly something happened. You need to understand 
that God does not look at a few like that man, that woman. I'm even is going to go as far as to say that 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 leader, whatever leader it is that that, that criticizes or talk about a few without considering that Abraham and Sarah was just two and the church started. That's how the church began with a family. And so when we look at the word of God, a few is significant. The humble, we're talking about the few, the humble and the chosen. The humble is not a quality of men. Everybody's not humble. Some people are arrogant. Some people feel with pride. Some people look at, uh, and if you go to Revelation, you'll see that the arrogance that was there among the churches where the Lord had to rebuke them, instruct them to humble themselves, get rid of the, the, the falseness that you're carrying, get rid of what you've allowed to usher in in the name of worship, in the name of service, in the name of praise, in the name of teaching, doctrine, or anything like get rid of it because nothing belongs there but the word of God. And only those that humbled themselves would meet the blessing that God had restored stored for them. He said, whosoever have an ear, let them hear what the spirit is saying to the church. If you don't have an ear to hear what the spirit is saying to the church, then you're gonna, you're gonna sink into your own uh, devices. You're gonna sink into your own ways and you're not gonna change. You'll do the same thing over again. James said that, that people are like, will look in the mirror. People will see what's wrong with them. And after they leave the mirror of the word of God, the mirror, the word of God, go back and forget about what they saw and continue to do the same thing. We ought to humble ourselves. Humility is a healing remedy and causes the miraculous to occur. The Bible tells us that, that uh, Josiah, Josiah was only eight years old. Josiah, king, was only eight years old. When we look at our children, we say, well, they're just a little boy. They're just a little girl. That's not what God is saying. Uh, they're taught. Whatever we teach them, they're, they're maturing. They understand things. And, and so when they have responsibilities, they're held accountable. This king, uh, eight years old will receive the word of God from the high priest there in the temple. And this is 2 Kings, the 22nd chapter. And you'll also find this in uh, 2 Chronicles, the 34th chapter as well. Uh, the record shows that, that they found a book. They found a book, uh, the word of God. And they began to read the word of God. And the high priest and all of the scribe and all of them that, that was looking at the word of God, they presented it to the king and the king said, wait a minute. And I'm paraphrasing this. He said, wait a minute, go and find somebody, go and find someone that is going to interpret what God is saying. We need to understand and know what God is saying to us. And so they went to Hilda. Hilda is the prophetess, the wife of uh, Shalom, the king or the son of Tikva. And he was the son of Harhath. 
uh, who was the keeper of the world. And it said that she dwelt in Jerusalem in the college. She dwelt in Jerusalem in the college. And they consulted with her. They communed with her. And she explained to them. She helped them. Uh, women ain't got no business preaching the gospel. Women ain't got no business touching the word of God. But here it is, the king sent the high priest and all of them that, how come he didn't ask the high priest what did it meant? He sent them to someone that understood the word of God. Someone that was in communion with God. And it was a female. Ladies, you ought to make note of this. Women pastors, women preachers, make note of this. Make note of this because there's much more. Don't have time this morning. But there's much more, even through the New Testament. There are many that legalisms that will argue it. Some men would not even be saved if it had not been for a woman in their life that prayed them out, that fasted for them, that laid hands on them, that, that talked to them about the word. of What was they doing when they was ministering to you the word of God? Well, they went to Hilda, the prophetess, and the wife of uh, so she was married. She was married. And she communed with them, taught them, helped them understand what the word of God was saying. And she said, tell the men that sent you. Thus said the Lord, behold, I will bring evil upon this place and upon the inhabitants thereof. Even all the words of the book which the king of Judah have read. Because they have forsaken me. Have you forsaken the Lord? And have burnt incenses unto other gods. Have you gone to church and they're doing some strange things? Strange things. Presenting burnt offerings, sacrifices of praise and different things in the house of God that does not line up with holiness. Does not line up with sanctification. Listen, if God is not able to deliver you, what make you think? that anything else will. If God's word and his songs and the message is not enough to deliver you, you lost, you hopeless. There's no help for you. If God can't do it, it cannot be done. And so she delivered the word. They provoked me to anger. Tell them they provoked me to anger. With the works of their hands, therefore my wrath shall be kindled against them in this place, and it shall not be quenched. But the, to the king of Judah, Josiah, to the king of Judah, which sent you to inquire, to ask of me, thus tell him, thus said the Lord God of Israel, as touching the words which thou hast heard, because thine heart was tender. Do you have a tender heart? Are you sensitive to what God is saying this morning? and you humbled yourself, you're going to, I, I want you to know that you're going to uh, live in peace and you're gonna die in peace and you're going to be blessed all the days of your life. There, I'm not gonna allow any evil to come because of you. Are you willing to humble yourself? under the mighty hand of God? Are you willing to be sensitive to what God is saying? Or do you have a mouth full of excuses? You know, as I heard yesterday, an excuse is 
It's nothing but a, a lie wrapped in, in reason, you know, um, pretending to be something that it's not. To be chosen, they did something. To be chosen means that you are doing. You're not just hearing. You're not just uh, listening, but you're doing. They did something. Besides pray, they didn't just pray about it. Many want to pray about it. And then they, then they uh, the song, the cliche of the song, uh, won't he do it? You know, listen, God will pay you for the good that you do. It don't mean that you're going to be saved. There's many that that was received healings during the time of Jesus Christ. It didn't say that they were saved, said that they were healed. And so you need to understand that. Uh, we pray for folks and, and they get healing, they get blessed. Uh, some get jobs and things that they've asked for. And then they walk away. There's no commitment to God. They walk away with what they received. And afterwards, it, I remember one that, that said, hey, are you going to come to church? And they said, well, I, I got to work. I'm always at work. I'm, I'm at work. The way they make it sound is that they were at work 24-7. Drive right by the church. It wouldn't stop. But when trouble came, they wanted prayer. Listen here. Don't be like that. The chosen are those that did something. Those that are being about what God is about. They go to church. They may sing. They may teach. They might even preach. They may even prophesy. But understand this one thing. The Bible tells us in John 13 and 18, it says, I speak not of you all. I'm not talking to everybody. You need to get this. You need to understand this. God is not talking to everybody. He said, I know whom I have chosen. I'm not talking to every. They might think I'm talking to them. But if you're not humble, if you're not willing to be obedient to what God is, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to you if you're willing to listen. If you're willing to obey. I know them whom I have chosen. I know who I'm chosen. There's many that's going to be sitting in, in churches around the world. Different hours. He said, two shall be in the bed. One be taken. Uh, two be in the field. One working, the other one. And one of them is going to be taken. Wake up. It's going to be a shame to wake up and find out the person, because it's going to happen so quickly, the moment twinkling of an eye, that you just did, you were not chosen. You were not chosen. Take it for granted. People, we take too much. We should not take what God is saying for granted. We make excuses. Listen, excuses and you are going to wind up in hell. You got to get rid of excuses. You got to get rid. Just like you press your way for other things, you got to press your way for God. This is why Paul said, I press toward the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. I'm pressing because there are challenges that meet me from time to time. He said, I know whom I've chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled. He that eateth bread with me. With me lifted up his head against me. He lifted up his heel against me. There are those that are in churches. 
hear the word of God and afterwards run out, do what they want to do. They lift their heels up against God. They are transferred. Listen, the Bible said there remaineth no sacrifice. When we run out and we do stuff and, and we try to make this, there is no sacrifice for that sin. The sacrifice that God made is done. He said it's finished. Why add stuff to yourself? Why add a burden? That's like taking a 50 pound weight, putting it on your back and walking around with it for no reason. You do that when you're exercising to build up your leg muscles and stuff. You don't just walk around like that. All your days, are, that's what sin does. That's why the scriptures say, lay aside every weight and sin. It didn't say God was going to do it. It said you do it. Lay aside every weight and sin. That Do it so easily. Knock you off course. Do it so easily. Sidetrack you. Do it so easily. But people are so easily sidetracked because somebody winked at them. People are so easily sidetracked because they smiled at them. People are so easily sidetracked because for a moment they, they felt a little horny. And so now, now I'm all sidetracked and all messed up because I just had to scratch that it and walked away with more than what you intended. Spirits are catching. The Bible says that if you lay with the person, that you also become a spirit with them. Spirits combine. You need to watch out. You lift yourself up against God. You fight against God. I know people right now that I could name that are alive today. Lives are not the same because of sin. They cannot get it together because of sin that they have committed and what has followed them. They are in trouble. And now there's a way out of that trouble. There's a way out. But sometimes the enemy will have you so messed up that you refuse to humble yourself. And you refuse to listen. Haggai 2, 23 said, In that day, said the Lord of hosts, I will take thee, O Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shetel. Said the Lord, I will make thee of a signal, for I have chosen thee. That's what you want the Lord to say. I've chosen you. I've chosen you, the Lord of hosts. The message is simple. I've chosen you. I chose you. Why? Because you're part of the few. Because you are those that have humbled themselves. For you, you're one of those that have been called. For many are called, but few are chosen. Matthews 22 and 14. First Peter 2, 1 to 3 says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice. We're laying aside some stuff this morning. We're pushing some stuff away. We're making sure that if it's not attached to me, I'm going to make sure to fortify myself so that it never becomes attached to me. Lay aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies, envies and all evil speaking as newborn babes. I don't care how long you've been in church. I don't care as newborn babes, just like you were just came out the womb. God uses his own little, his own method. You know, back in Egypt, back in Africa, back in Ethiopia, back in the day, I don't know if they did in the Garden of Eden, but listen here. They would take dates, and you know, dates are kind of sweet. And so in order to get the child to eat or to give them that, that sucking if they weren't eating, they would rub the date on their lips so that they would taste the sweetness 
and, and then they literally start moving because they're trying to get more of it. And so, is that right? Okay. He, he, all right. Thank you. And, and so, <laughs> and so because they wanted more of it. And, and so, God knows how to do the same thing. And so, this is what Peter says listen, he said, as newborn babes, you are to desire the sincere milk of the word. We don't want. We don't want stuff that's just been uh, artificially flavored, been diluted. You can added all kind of stuff to it. No, we want the sincere milk of the word that we can grow, that we can become strong. If so, be that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, that God is good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Unto you, therefore, which believe he is precious. If you believe God is precious this morning, if you believe that the Lord is precious this morning, then this will be your desire. Now, the Bible tells us there was a man by the name of Job. And Job was somebody that sold out to God. He believed the Lord was precious. When things were good, Job believed God was precious. He was all in. And when things got bad and they got bad, Job was still all in. And he still believed God was precious. The thing that tries us when we meet challenges, a challenge I'm not talking about sin. Sin is an element that is that, that means that there's something that we need to work on, that we have to overcome. And so uh, that's different. But when we're faced with challenges, a challenge is not a sin. It can become a sin, but it is not a sin. A test or a trial that God sent to us for the trying our faith, for our perfection, is not sin. The Bible said that God does not tempt us with sin. A man is tempted when he's, when he's driven by his own desire, by his own lust, things that's going on with him. Then it brings forth death. So that's not God. That's us, that we have unresolved issues that we're not willing to work on. And therefore, it we allow it to overwhelm us. We cave, but you don't have to. You don't have to. The more you do something, the better you become at it. And after a while, it is not a challenge. It's not a challenge. And so... An enemy is not going to try to come at you with certain things because it's not a challenge to you either. Things got bad for Job. They got bad. But Job felt that God was so precious. And I hope and I pray that you feel God is so precious to you this morning. I feel that he is so precious to me. Job said, though he slay me, though I'm going through things, though I may have lost a job, the relationship may not have worked out. Things may have gone south because uh, 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 whatever it is that comes to mind. Though he slay me. Now, Job was able to say this because Job lived in righteousness. The Bible don't tell us when Job started living right. It don't tell us when he started doing what was right. It just said that he was a man uh, in the, that, that hated evil. Somewhere in his life, when he grew up, as he matured, he said, you know what? 
That's not good for me. I'm going to hate the evil and love the good. I'm going to stick with what's right. I'm not going to deviate from doing what is right, from being a man of integrity, from being honorable, for, for acknowledging God. I'm not going to deviate from those things for nobody. And he didn't. That's why the Lord said, you considered my servant, Job? He asked him. And the enemy said, hey, but you, you're protecting him. Well, that's, a, that's something that we'll talk about another time. The main thing is that Job said, though he slay me, I know that God is involved in this because I have not done nothing wrong. There are times that you, you could be going through something and you may have thought you did something wrong. And you go and you examine, you re-examine, you examine, you re-examine, you examine, and you, and, you know, and even people, even people will tell you that you were wrong. You must have done something wrong. Sometimes you might fall into that situation. When I fell into that situation, I was blown away and didn't know what to do. I was lost because there's nothing I could, I didn't know what to say. One day the pastor walked up to me and said, you didn't do nothing wrong. That was a burden that was lifted up in that moment. The situation didn't change immediately. But I knew and understood in that moment that nothing that I did was wrong. And, and going forward, nothing that I do should be wrong. Let's see, we, we, we can't forget about that. You can't, at that moment, you can't, don't change, don't change. Well, not only did the pastor tell me that, but even the person that I was at odds with one day came and said, you did not do anything wrong. They confessed. They didn't apologize, but that was enough. I needed that release. Job did nothing wrong. And Job said, though he slayed me, I will trust in him. I'm going to trust in him. I'm going to maintain my own ways before him. Things may not go right, but you can still trust God. I'm going to keep my trust in him, no matter what, no matter who, no matter how anyone talked, what they had to say, and they talked about this man. They assumed. They put him down. They spread nasty things about him. Need a little aqua here. In their minds, they put him in a position And he didn't surrender his integrity because he felt God was so precious. Whatever you might be dealing with, remember, God is so precious. It took you some time to get to where you are. Don't surrender for a moment. Don't surrender for any instant. Don't surrender for nothing. In Psalms, the 73rd chapter, it says, truly God is good to Israel even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my foot were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw their prosperity. When I saw the prosperity of the wicked, I saw everybody else look like they were doing all right, and, and except for me. And sometimes you might feel that way. 
that it looked like everybody is getting over. It looked like things are going right for everybody. But what about me? Now, wait a minute. We're not talking about if you're just sitting around and you ain't doing nothing. I'm talking about if you are doing. And then that makes the difference. If you ain't doing nothing, then of course people are going to pass you by and, and going to move forward and stuff. But if you're doing something and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, whether it is spiritual in nature or if it's natural in nature. He said, I became upset with what I saw and I was ready to, to make some changes. I was ready to do something different. But then I, I thought about it and my heart was changed when I got to service. Psalm 77, behold, these are the ungodly who prospereth in the world. They increase in riches. When I thought about to know this, it was too painful for me. When I looked around and I saw what everybody else was doing and, and they had they didn't have God on their mind. Only time they mention him is when they get in the reward and they say, well, I give honor to the, to the man upstairs or to my best friend, my road dog, you know, whatever vernacular that they're going to use. But but here it is. They don't go to church. They don't show up. They don't they don't worship the Lord. They're not singing any any songs unto him or nothing. It's not at least that I know of. And here that I've dedicated my life. He said, when I thought about them, it was too painful until I went into the sanctuary of God. And then I understood their end. Wait a minute. I understood that 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 they're not where I am. They're not where I am. And that's not passing judgment on them, but here it is. I am worshiping him in spirit and in truth. Now, remember, if it's not in spirit and it's not in truth, then it is not worship. Let everything to have breath. Praise the Lord. So that means that all of creation can praise him. But all of creation is not going to worship him because you have to worship him in spirit and in truth in order for it to be worshiped. And God is seeking those that will do what? Worship him in spirit and in truth. Nonetheless, I am continually with thee. Lord, I'm sticking with thee. And thou, and I, and hast holding me by my right hand. Thou shalt guide me un, with thy counsel. And afterwards, receive me into glory. I've been chosen. You've been chosen. God will receive you into glory. He's not receiving everybody. He's receiving a few. He's receiving the humble and he's receiving those that he's chosen. Psalms 86. Psalms 86. The first verse says, bow down thy ear, O Lord. Hear me for I'm poor and needy. Humble. I'm humble. Preserve my soul for I'm holy. O thou my God, save thy servant that trust in thee. Be merciful unto me, O Lord, for I cry unto thee daily. Rejoice the soul of thy servant, for unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul with my hands lifted up and my mouth filled with praise, with a heart of thanksgiving. I will bless thee, O Lord. It don't matter if tears are flowing from my eyes. It don't matter if there's pain in my body. I will bless thee, O Lord. It don't matter if there's nothing but lint falling out of my pocket. That's if I have a pocket. Sometimes there's holes in you. Gentlemen know what I'm talking about. You reach in your pocket and it, it has become a hole. And, you know, and, and so if it exists, I'm going to bless the Lord. I'm going to bless you. Luke 
13, 23rd verse. Then said one unto him, are there few that be saved? And he said unto them, strive. What are we doing? We're striving to enter into the straight gate. For many, I say, will seek to enter in and shall not be able to. Why? Because they were not part of the few, they were not humble, and they were not chosen. You must be part of the few. You must be humble in order to be chosen. First Peter 2, 9, 10 says, you're a chosen generation. This is what God calls the church. This is not what he's calling everybody. He's talking to those that have repented of sin, those that have committed themselves unto the Lord. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. You need to understand that. Royal priesthood, a chosen generation, a holy nation, a peculiar people. This is what God has told the elder to share with the people that you should go forth in praise of him who have called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Each of us here, all of us present, know that God has brought forth a revelation unto us to understand that he is sovereign, that he is uh, our savior. And we should not ignore that. It's for him that we live, it's for him that we die. The Bible said, which in time past, we were not a people, but now we are the people of God. And we cannot ignore that and not look at it as being as precious as it is. We are the people of God. It don't matter. Even on your worst day, when you're not feeling well, when you're not feeling 100%, you ain't feeling all of that. You are still a threat to the enemy and you are still a people of God. We don't read in the scripture that everybody was on Mount Zion all the time. That's why the writer said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Listen, look, he said, though I walk. Now, are you watching? Are you watching? He said, though I walk. Through the valley of the shadow of death, things get bad. You find yourself going downhill. I know that you're with me. It's dark, but I know you're with me. I can't see anything, but I know you're with me. I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, but I know you're with me. I don't understand what my next step is, but I know you're with me. I know you with me. So I'm listening because your word is, is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. So even in the darkness, I'm listening. I can't see it with my eyes, but I'm listening. I may be ready to take a step with my left foot and you say, no, no, no. Take a step with your right foot. I may be able be ready to lean at what I, I'm looking for and I'm trying to lean against something with my left hand. He said, no, 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 no. Use your right hand. And, and reach out. We're people of God. We've obtained mercy. We have obtained mercy from God. I have mercy. You have mercy from God. Do not allow, do not surrender what God has given. Second Peter. Now I'm, I'm coming to an end here. Second Peter. Simon Peter, a servant, 
and the apostle of Jesus Christ to them that are obtained like precious faith. With us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power have given unto us all things that pertain unto this, unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that have called us to the glory and virtue. Now understand something here. The Lord delivered John and he delivered um, Peter from jail and he told them to go stand in the synagogue, go stand and to teach the people about this life. So this man has something to say because God has given him insight just as you are receiving insight this morning. He told him, and so he continues on, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and our and of Jesus Christ our Lord, according as his divine power have given unto us all things that pertain unto this life, godliness through the knowledge of him that have called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. Now listen, he said you might be partakers. He, he's, he's giving a warning here. Don't take this for granted that you may be partaking, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. What are you gonna do? You're gonna add to your faith virtue. You're gonna add virtue to your faith and to virtue knowledge. You're gonna add knowledge, you're gonna increase. And not only are we increasing in our natural, um, in our natural, but we're increasing in our spiritual. We're open. Lord, what, what do you have for me to understand? Lord, I heard what the preacher said. Preacher, what do you mean? Listen here. I, I'm very big about this. If you don't understand something in the word of God, ask the ministers. They're obligated to give you an answer according to the book of Ephesians that he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some teachers for the perfecting of the saints that we all come into the measure of the man Christ Jesus. So they're obligated by divine um, obligation. They may not have an immediate answer. Give them a chance to pray about it and seek it out, but they should be coming back to you with an answer of some sort. And if they don't know, they have to ask somebody that has studied. But listen here, listen here, ask, ask. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and virtue knowledge and to knowledge temperance and temperance patience and patience godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness. So none of us be treating anybody um, any other way. That's one of the great virtues of, 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 of the songstress Sharice, uh, because she's always been kind to other people. Um, and it's very noticeable that she would stand up for others, uh, even throughout her grade school and stuff like that. And, and so there are those that are just kind, kind. And then God gets in the midst of it. Godliness, brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness, charity, charity, love. Now listen, if you don't have no love, you're not going to be saved. For all of those, all of those quote unquote Christians out there that 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 have all this prejudice built up in them, and you know, animosity and different things, they're going to hell. Now, I've used that twice today, didn't I? But it's the truth. It's the word of God. None of us, me or anyone, without 
charity will be saved. It is the greatest gift among all. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him. Charity, love, and guess where it starts? At home. And then it spreads abroad. It don't start in the church. Of, well, I love everybody in the church. And, and, and there's no love among your brothers. There's no love among your sisters. There's no love among anybody else. Listen, we're supposed to love everybody. I didn't say nothing about taking advantage of nobody. I said love everybody. Loving people uh, means that you will correct them. Loving people mean that you will help them. It means that you will stick by them and, and go the distance. It don't mean that you'll stay with them doing a bunch of foolishness. But understand, charity, charity. All right, okay. You know, I think this is a good place to stop at. I think we can stop right here. Mighty God, bless you, Lord Jesus. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. The few, the humble, the chosen, that's who he's coming back for. And you should be ready to go when he comes. Why? Because you're part of the few. You're part of the humble. You're part of the chosen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and grace. We thank you for your love this morning, Lord, and how you have favored us, how you have blessed us. We thank you, Lord God, for the blessings that are on their way. We honor you, Lord, Lord Jesus, for the, the for meeting our needs this morning. We honor you, Lord, for meeting our needs, Lord God, both naturally and spiritually. I ask that you would bless each one that have taken the time out of their schedule to be in service, Lord God, those that are listening uh, online, those that will be listening later, I ask that you would bless them according to thy word in Jesus' name. Lord, we look for your will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. We'll be careful to give you the praise and to give you the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Listen, be blessed. As Jude told the church, he said, contend for the faith. Contend for it. Fight for it. Fight for what you know. Don't, don't surrender. You've been preserved. You've been blessed. He said, beloved, give all diligence. I write unto you of the common salvation. It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this. You know this. There are some that's not going to be part of the few. There are some that's not going to be part of the humble. And they're not going to be chosen. Don't let that be you. God bless you. Continue to pray for us as, you, as we are praying for you. Lord, say the same. We'll pick up on Wednesday. Uh, join in with us, share the gospel with someone else, share the link so that they can also be part of the word of God. My God, he's coming soon. Uh, I know we've heard that through the years that he's coming, but that just means that, that he is closer than what he was. The word of God is fulfilling around us. The church, getting you ready. COG, COG, getting you ready. Getting you ready for the Lord. 
All right, let's be faithful. God bless you. Great are you, Lord. This features uh, Taylor Laurel. God bless you. Bless you.